from the Caribbean and I'm a Christian boy. Hello everybody and welcome. This is Inspiration for Your Day, your favorite spot for great Caribbean gospel music as well as inspiration from the Word of God. I'm so thrilled to have you with me today. Thank you for joining me. My special guest today will be Pastor Cuthbert Joseph who is based in Boston, Massachusetts, and we will be doing some chit-chat about all of the uh, major current issues that are affecting our lives. So I guess we'll call that segment Talking to an American. <laughs> so lots of good music coming up and other features. So please stay tuned. This is Inspiration for Your Day. made and we will rejoice and be glad in it and I just want to say thank you very much for tuning in to inspiration for your day and allowing me to rejoice with you that we are celebrating this new day of life that God has blessed us with and of course we always want to get started on the right foot so I just want to ask you dear Lord to please guide and direct this program and let it touch people in a meaningful way may be impactful and to your glory in Jesus name amen our devotional today is taken from ChristianPerspectives.net and it's called Continually Surrounded. We begin by reading from Psalms chapter 32, verse 10 to 11. The Lord's unfailing love surrounds the man who trusts in him. 
Rejoice in the Lord and be glad, you righteous. Sing, all you who are upright in heart. God controls and allows every detail of our lives. Nothing happens without His knowledge and approval. Every day little changes in schedule or small irritations occur. Every day we can choose to let these obstacles upset us or we can rest in the knowledge that God lovingly ordained them as small irritants to help us look to and rely on Him. For example, we can grumble about the frustrating traffic jam that is keeping us from getting somewhere on time. Or we can remember that God knows about our deadlines and view the time sitting in traffic as an opportunity to pray we can complain or we can rejoice. May we allow the knowledge that we are continually surrounded by God's unfailing love to permeate our lives and chase away our complaints and fears. So remember, you have a choice. You can either complain or you can rejoice and take advantage of the message that the Lord is trying to place into your heart today. We've got music coming up, but first these messages. Hey you, just wanted to shout out here and tell you guys to join the TLC youth meetings via Zoom on Tuesdays at 4 p.m. To get the Zoom ID, you can email the Lakeside Church at info at lakesidechurch.ca or text church at 647-501-5040. Again, you can text church at 647-501-5040. We're excited to see you guys. How is your TLC 123? Don't forget to call one person, text two people from TLC just to see how they're doing, pray for three people from TLC every day. Let's be faithful to check up on each other, just like the Lord is faithful to us.
got Salvation Army's heartbeat coming up, but first I want to say happy birthday to all the August babies. We've had quite a few. So just want to say happy belated to Pauline and Charlene, also to John Lawler and Barbara Watson and Fifi. And coming up, we've got Noreen, Avery, Seema, Ramani, and Cyril. Very, very happy and blessed birthday to all of you.
Hi, I'm Marion Platt. Welcome to Heartbeat. I don't know about you, but I have a hard time sitting still. There's so much to do and so little time. Do you remember Mary and Martha from the 10th chapter of Luke? Mary is enjoying the company and teaching of Jesus while Martha spends his visit stressing over the preparations. When I look at this story, I see the struggle that I face every day when work and worship collide, when doing seems far more important than dwelling. We can get caught up in the same performance trap, feeling as though we must prove our love to God by doing great things for Him. So we rush past the intimacy of the living room to the kitchen to do great things. But in the end, will He know us? Dwelling is a position of the heart. It is God's desire to make our dwelling place His presence. Heartbeat is brought to you by the Salvation Army. All right, we're going to take it old school Caribbean now with back to back George Nux. So far, so far
Register your business at the TLC Business Directory. So look up the lakesidechurch.ca and make sure that you fill out your business details so that you can be supported by your church family. Yeah, yeah. I must Jesus all of my trials. I cannot bear these burdens alone in my distressed ears. Kindly will help me. He ever loves and cares. For his own, I must tell Jesus. I must tell Jesus. I cannot be. I must tell Jesus. My burdens are low. I must tell Jesus All of my troubles He is a kind And compassionate friend If I Quickly and hand 
Jesus alone What must I do when Worldliness calls me What must I do when Tempted to sin And he will help me Over the world Victory to win It is now time for the interview segment on Inspiration for Your Day. And as I mentioned to you at the beginning of the show, I do have a guest with me who has been on the show in the past, and we're very, very excited to have him back again. I'm, I'm going to call this segment Talking to the American, uh, Pastor Cuthbert Joseph, who is based in Boston, Massachusetts, and has been ministering in that city for uh, close to 30 years, I believe it is. So, Pastor Cuthbert, thank you for being with us back here on Inspiration for Your Day. Thank you uh, for having me. It's a pleasure. So, we, you know, wanted to touch base with you because you are in the heart of a major city. And of course, with all of the changes that have happened since um, the advent of COVID, I really wanted to kind of touch base with you and to just see how how is everything going? Because from our perspective, looking at the news coming out of the U.S., it is not the best um, in terms of the rates of infection, the, the number of deaths, deaths, and, you know, just it just seems very chaotic, the, the racial unrest. So how are you doing? <laughs> well, by the grace of God, I am doing well. Thank you for asking. And to say that um, it is not the best is putting it mildly <laughs> in the United States. We are not doing very well at all um, in comparison to... Um, countries with comparable populations, we are terrible. And even, you know, the small nations are doing way better than, than us in the United States. And so, yes, um, with the racial issues and COVID-19, and uh, one of the things that really baffles me as an outsider, if you have been in the United States for so many years, you have one country, but you have 50 different states, and each state has its own rules and regulations. Mm -hmm. And so I think all of this complicates uh, things and, and, you know, so I'm in Boston and you're in New York and, um, you know, uh, you come to my state, you have to quarantine and vice versa. And you see how all this creates a whole lot of uh, chaos. So, yes, we are in 
We're in a terrible, terrible situation in the United States overall. Here in Massachusetts, however, I think we, we are doing much better. Uh, our governor has um, uh, instituted certain uh, regulations, and I think most people are abiding by those. People are wearing their masks. People are keeping their social distancing. And so we have seen a decrease in our COVID um, infections. Mm-hmm. And so, yes, I think we, we, we are one of the states that we, we, are, we are doing better. But again, we might be doing better today, but people will leave Massachusetts and go to Florida and they have to come back to, to the state, to Massachusetts. Mm-hmm. Now they are expected to quarantine for 14 days, but they are supposed to be self-quarantining. Who is going to monitor that? So, so I don't know. But um, mm-hmm. we are hoping and we are praying and we are uh, expecting things to get better over time. We, ha- I mean, there's just so much um, to break down out of this. But I think what I'd like to do is um, let's just sort of tackle a few of the issues that you're dealing with. One is because you are also, besides a minister of the gospel, you are also a dentist. Um, and I'm you a have dental hygienist. Dental hygienist. And you have your own yes. practice in Boston, uh, Beacon Dental Group, right? Absolutely. Uh, my wife is the dentist. She's the boss. And <laughs> we've been in practice for 20 years. Yes. And um, so you wanted to, you want me to talk to some degree about that. So that is one of the few industries or fields that you don't hear a whole lot of in terms of how they're dealing with um, the new restrictions and how they are putting in safety guidelines for patients. My daughter goes to an orthodontist and I know that um, they were closed for the longest while and only recently reopened. And even so, it is very, uh, they're very strict with the number of patients that can come in and you know who, who's being served and um, how many people can actually be in the clinic at one time. So what is happening for dental practices in terms of trying to carry out the practice safely? Well, yes, thanks. And I think that's that's a critical um, aspect that you mentioned. You don't hear a whole lot about it, but dental care um, over the years seem to have been um, dissociated with, with health care, as if uh, the, the mouth is different than the rest of the body, which, of course, it should be included in, in the overall health care because everything that goes into your system goes through the mouth. Now, um, the virus is, is spread through, uh, through the head area, and that is where we're dealing with. So clearly, it's, um, it's a troubling area for many people. Here in Massachusetts and in the United States, uh, well, I don't know for the entire United States, but here in Massachusetts, we were closed for three months. We could only see emergency patients. So we opened um, about two and a half months ago, and yes, there are some very strict guidelines that we follow. Um, we also keep uh, the uh, minimum people in our waiting room, our reception area. Uh, we do allow people to maybe about six, six to ten feet apart. Uh, people check in in their vehicles, so they call the number when they come in. Our doors are locked. We don't allow anybody to enter unless um, they they call the phone. We somebody goes meets them at the front door. Uh, first thing we do is we take their temperature. And of course, there's a certain temperature. If they are within that particular temperature, we allow them in. If not, um, they have to go back home. If they, before they come in, however, we also send them a questionnaire, which they must answer. 
they don't answer that, they must answer before they're seen in our chairs. And so as soon as they come in, uh, we would rather not have them wait in the, in the reception area. We take them straight into the operating room. Uh, and therefore they enter one room, one door and they exit the other. So there's minimal contact. Um, they pay, if they have to do any payment, we send them a link. Most people have uh, the telephones that can do that. And so they pay through that link. So there's, again, like I said, there's very minimal contact. Um, of course, we follow the washing of the hands. I don't care whether you, I just saw you wash you and all that before you sit in my chair, you must wash your hands. And then, of course, we have masks and we have shields and we have all the PPE equipment. Mm -hmm. And, uh, of course, before COVID, we've always practiced um, safety protocols. We barrier up every particular surface that might be touched. We And after every patient, we wipe down every area that might have been touched. And so we have to be careful. Um, uh, the instruments that we use create aerosols. And so... Um, we limit that as much as possible and use hand instrument as much as possible. And so, um, you know, doing the very best that we can, but um, dental care is vital. And if you don't take care of them today, you have issues tomorrow. In fact, I think the World Health Organization um, just issued a statement or that um, you should postpone all your dental uh, appointments if they are not emergency situations. However, the American Dental Association strongly disagrees with the World Health Organization, mm-hmm. stating that dental care is essential. And and you know, of course, how it do you is feel about that? Perspective. What is your perspective? What is your perspective on that? I absolutely agree. If you you talked about your daughter is under the of a dental care, um, if she misses and she or she she has missed a few appointments, that um, process has delayed. What has happened um, with the with the um, pulling of the teeth together? That probably has reverted back to where it was. So it's going to take a longer time to bring that back together. Uh, of course, that's unavoidable. But if you have, say, a cavity um, between your teeth, um, you know it's in the early stage. Say um, the cavity is in the enamel stage, and you postpone your dental care for a month, two months, three months, that cavity is not going to get any smaller. It's going to get bigger. Then it goes from the enamel to the dentin. Once it gets there, then you are, uh, like like we would say, it's like um, a, a, a hot knife in butter. That mm-hmm. cavity goes from the dentin into your, your pulp area. And now you have two options, either to extract the tooth or to do a root canal. And that has impact on your overall health. And so, it is critical that um, we, we do as much as we possibly can within the guidelines, of course. So I would not encourage anybody, if your dental practice is open and you can get your, your, your cleaning done, uh, do that. Because you keep the bacteria level low, you limit the likelihood of getting cavities. Because as I said, um, dental, dental situations have overall impact on your, your, uh, your pressure, that mm-hmm. if you're diabetic and you're not getting your cleaning, it's going to get worse and your overall health is just going to deteriorate. So you, we cannot put it off simply because there's a risk. There's a risk anywhere. You walk out there, there's a risk. So we do it within the, uh, the protocols that have been set and we try to be as careful as possible. 
I'm going to just make sort of a, a segue, and I don't think it's too much of a leap here, but looking at what the WHO has said about dental practices, um, I want to look at the area of faith and religion mm-hmm. and the fact that um, some religious leaders equate um, spiritual health to physical health and churches as essential as medical practices, dental practices, as, as it were, and that the churches therefore should be allowed to reopen. And we have actually had certain leaders who have said that not only are they going to reopen, but they will not be practicing social distancing. They will not be requiring their members to wear masks. And they feel that they espouse the theory that this is because they are living in faith and not in fear. And that if it is God's will that somebody in the congregation contracts COVID, then that's his will. Well, I mean, clearly, we have to, God give us um, wisdom. And there's a creature that says to be as wise as a serpent and harmless as a dove. Now, uh, we trust in God, we believe in God, we have faith. But we also have to be smart. I know that my God is going to protect me in, in, in situations that, you know, um, I come into, something bites me. It's, you know, I have the faith enough to know that God can protect me. God is good and God can do all things. Do I just walk in front of a train and say, well, you know, God, if it is real, I may die or not. That would be foolish. Um, not everybody that goes to church is on the same um, uh, of faith. And not everybody that goes to church is saved. You understand what I mean? And so uh, we have to be careful, um, especially from uh, we have a lot of people that are elderly, that mm-hmm. are compromised. And we, we have seen it here in the United States where a particular pastor, the same, I mean, again, I don't, you know, you want to, to, to practice your faith and say, uh, more power to you, but you're putting other people's lives at risk. This pastor, he went, he said he wasn't going to close his church. Unfortunately, he, he contracted the disease. He died. His wife was, was in a coma. I don't know if she has been, um, if she got better, if she passed on. But those are the kinds of things that we as, as religious leaders have to be very careful. Um, the church is not necessarily a building, okay? Mm-hmm. And God has given us a loud different media so we can uh, uh, communicate and, and spread the gospel uh, um, effectively and efficiently. And as a matter of fact, since COVID, I've seen more people uh, preaching the word um, uh, you know, on, on social media, and, and the word has been decimated, um, um, been uh, procreated all over all over the world. So, therefore, I don't think we have to uh, take unnecessary risk and open and say, "Well, I have faith, and I'm going to not practice social distancing." That is not a wise thing from my perspective. And um, my church uh, has opened. But um, again, we are practicing social distancing. We certainly have advised the older folks to uh, stay away if they don't feel comfortable. And of course, we are also online. So people are getting their, you know, their, their, their spiritual food, if you will, um, one way or the other. Fortunately for us, we, before COVID, we already had a system in place where every week we would meet. Uh, we had separated um, the the church into groups of between seven and ten, and we 
would meet at somebody's house and we would discuss a particular, um, the message that was preached on Sunday. Obviously, we cannot go to people's homes because of the social distancing, but because of Zoom, every group has been doing their Zoom every week. So the Word of God is still being preached and still being taught, and people are still being um, given their spiritual food. So I would um, advise people, pastors, leaders, to be careful and not just go ahead and say, well, I have faith and I'm just going to open and let it be so. Is there something in the American psyche that they interpret these guidelines as some sort of weakness? I'm trying to wrap my mind around why people would choose not to wear masks, why they would choose not to social distance when the numbers and the statistics are coming in. America is based on the, you know, I am free, so nobody should tell me what to do. I can do whatever I want. I understand that. I get that. But within our freedom, there are restrictions. We cannot drive uh, more than a certain um, number of miles per hour in a particular zone. That's restrictive, but we have to follow the rules. But I think also it's politics. You understand? Mm -hmm. In our country, our president, um, first of all, when that when the COVID came, he said it was a hoax. And of course, you have the Democrats and the Republicans, and so people are taking the politics to a higher level. They're taking it to a different level, I mean. It, it's like, you know, if a Democrat is for something, the Republican is going to be against it. I really don't understand that, or vice versa. And so, yes, it's, you know, we, we are Americans, and therefore, COVID need to respect us kind of thing. You get that sense that we have this, you know, Cowboy we are the bosses of the world and we shouldn't do like everybody else. But clearly, what we're doing is not working. <laughs> because every day we get over a thousand deaths in this country. We are close to 170,000 people that have died, you know? And that is, that is just a mind-boggling that you will still see people are congregating. They know the effects of, of no underwear the mask. They know the consequences of not social distancing, but yet they do it. And then we put a whole lot of strain on the health system, put a whole lot of strain on, 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 uh, on, on our students because they want to open schools. And you see what's happening. They open the school today, tomorrow they close the school because nine people came down with, with the virus. Hmm. And so it, 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 it's in our psyche that we have to be different than the rest of the world, I guess. And, and that, too, unfortunately, is to our detriment. We have about two minutes left, and I would love for us to end on a more positive note, if possible. In your opinion, can anything positive come out of this current crisis? What can I say? Um, we are Christians. We believe that nothing is impossible with God. Now, why has God allowed this to happen to us? Um, if I knew that, I would be a very, very rich person. However, I believe that in times of crisis, we, this brings us hopefully to a place where we can now completely depend on God. Um, we have to realize that out of this, we're going to come out bigger, better, and, and, and wiser. I think um, what I have noticed is that uh, many families are spending quality time together that they didn't before. Um, many people are praying that they didn't pray before. Uh, people are now beginning to realize that we are not as 
as, as invincible as we think we were. And so I am hoping that as we go through this and as we come to the other side, because there is going to be another side, we, there will be a greater reliance on God. We'll be able to trust God. And we can see when this comes, comes through, we can say, look what God has done. Um, I was just reading and, and uh, the scripture and I was looking at uh, in Genesis where God had promised um, Abraham and Sarah a son. <laughs> I mean, do you, can you imagine he promised them a son in the midst of something that was totally impossible. Sarah was barren, Abraham was old, and, and, and yet a, a son, and if you can count the stars of the sky, that's how your progeny is going to be. If you can count the sand of the sea, that's how your progeny is going to be. And Abraham laughed and Sarah laughed because they possible. And so what we're looking at now, this COVID-19 is pandemic. It's like nothing good can come out of this. I say absolutely something awesome can come out of this and something awesome will come out of this because we serve a God who is able to, to, to who specializes in the impossible. And if we can just trust that what we can't trace him, know that he's going to take us through. If we only believe him, we will become even better for it. And out of all of this, maybe people will come to the understanding that we serve an awesome God who loves us so much and is willing to, um, you know, send his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. This pandemic is not going to cause us to perish, but it's going to cause us to rely more on God. That's my hope. That's the sense I'm having. And I believe, hopefully, <laughs> uh, not in the too far distant future, when you invite me over, I can say, you see, what the Lord has done. That's my hope and that's my prayer. Pastor Cuthbert, thank you so much for giving us that word of encouragement and, you know, that just that light at the end of the tunnel. I'm sure a lot of people right now are feeling encouraged, you know, and, and inspired by what you've just said. So we haven't even touched the surface, scratched the surface in terms of all of the issues that um, America is facing right now. So obviously you've got to come back, but thank you so much for being with us. Thank you very much. And if you don't mind, I can say a quick prayer. Father, I thank you. I thank you for inspiration for today. I thank you for Nicole. I thank you for her family. Oh God, I pray that the leaders of our countries, uh, Canada and United States, and around the world, will come to the understanding that we are mere mortal. We are limited in what we can do. And that, Lord God, they will look to you while the author and the finisher of our faith. If my people will call by my name, will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven. I will forgive their sins and I will heal their land. Help us, Lord, I pray. In Jesus' name, Amen. Amen. As we don't need to live it forever, we go and live it. No more kata kata for our life, we go live it. Somebody shout hallelujah. Jehovah God, I'll make you a winner. For whatever, back for the never.
don't forget to tune in tomorrow at 7 p.m. to the lakesidechurch.ca and the Lakeside Church Toronto on Facebook for our weekly prayer meeting. And also on Thursdays at 7 p.m. for the Youngsters Kids Zoom Church. And uh, of course, service on Sundays at 10.30 a.m on the lakesidechurch.ca or if you are able to come in person remember to fill out the survey letting the pastoral staff know how many members of your family will be attending in-person services on sundays at 10 30 a.m for the rest of uh, you who'd like to watch it online go to the lakesidechurch.ca and also on facebook the lakeside church toronto that's it for me everybody thank you to my special guest pastor cuthbert joseph for joining me and i do look forward to the next time that he's back so that we can have another talk with an American and that's where I leave you everybody so please be blessed have a wonderful day and see you here next time on inspiration for your day God bless you Somebody shout Oh, shit.